Hello, and welcome to BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast, where we provide a deeper look into BIA's current insights and assessments of local media. I'm Nicole Ovedia, Vice President Forecasting and Analysis at BIA Advisory Services. I'm joined for this episode by my co-interviewer, Mitch Oscar, who is Director of Advanced Advertising Strategies at USIM. Hi, Mitch. How's it going? Hello, Nicole. Hello, Brian. Ooh, you just gave away. Our special guest today is Brian Page. He is the Managing Director of Scripps Octane, which is Scripps OTT Solution. Brian has been with Scripps for 15 years, and we're really excited to have him here today on the podcast because he's a passionate expert on attribution, which is a very hot topic in advertising these days. Fun fact about Brian, he is a flyer faithful, having earned his MBA from the University of Dayton. Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Nicole. Glad to be here. Hello, Mitch. (laughs) So let's dive into the conversation. First, I want to give a little bit of background to set up the discussion about attribution and its growing importance in the linear TV and streaming video realm. Scripps, Brian's company, owns 61 TV stations in 41 markets, as well as the TV network ION and a slew of DigiNets, including Bounce TV, Court TV, and a bunch more. Additionally, Scripps has its CTV platform called Octane, which is Brian's specialty and what we're going to focus on today. So, Brian, first things first, CTV has made tremendous inroads with media, with the media community in a relatively short time. Why do you think that is? I feel it's that way because streaming TV is TV. Most people don't go home and say, I'm watching, you know, I'm streaming or I'm watching Netflix. It's TV to them. And our sellers know TV. So it's a natural flow for them. So by adding streaming TV to a customer's schedule, we can assist them and also make their buy much more effective. That's really interesting. I mean, and you're right. I mean, I don't I don't sit down at night and decide, oh, I'm going to watch Netflix or I'm going to watch NBC. It's what's the content? You know, I mean, I'm almost platform agnostic, if you will. Um, So one of the things that has made Octane so successful has been its investment in campaign attribution efficacy. But let's drill into that a little bit more. Can you define attribution for us in your eyes and share Octane's unique approach, please? Sure. I try to make it simple. I'll try to use Mitch has heard me say this term before third grade easy. So it's the old cause and effect. The cause a customer is exposed to some advertiser's message. The message could be a roadside billboard, could be linear or streaming TV ads, could be a website banner ad, it could be radio or many other thousands of formats that we're all exposed to every day. That's the cause, that's the impression. The effect is what action did they take after being exposed to the message? Did they search for your business on Google? Do they visit the advertiser's website or place of business? Do they ask Google for directions to their business? Everyone wants to know what worked and what didn't. So that's kind of the attribution game. Simply explain, cause and effect. Got it. Octane, the unique approach that we have is one dashboard for our OTT ad delivery and attribution. And it does the attribution there. We measure the effectiveness and incremental reach when adding OTT to your linear TV advertising. Many attribution partners out there today, they'll give you one size all reports. You know, they may give you access to the dashboard. A lot of times they don't, but they'll give you a paper report in a digital world. So we don't do that. We give you access to your delivery as well as the attribution dashboard. We measure that effectiveness out there. You can see over 3,000 variations in our dashboard. You can run a report 
on many different variables. Let me explain in a couple examples. Yeah. Say, say for example, you may want to know what creative worked best in the north side of the DMA versus the south side of the DMA. So maybe you run a report by zip code by creative to see, oh, am I getting more conversions with this message on the northern half of our DMA or the southern half of the DMA? So do I need to deliver a different message within my DMA? The other part of it is you maybe it's another one you want to run and see what linear TV program works the best. So you can go out there and say, well, I want to run a report by day, by network, by program on the linear side. So on the linear side, maybe you want to figure out that Days of Our Lives is working the best for my vein clinic versus running something in prime time. So, you know, it just helps give you more information to make more thorough decisions. It, it sounds to me like Octane <laughs> puts the user in the driver's seat. So it, it's almost like you're trusting your clients to understand what questions they have and you're providing the means for which them to find the answers they're seeking. Is, is that about exactly, right? exactly, because they're going to be curious. And that's one thing, you know, I've learned over the years is I can't have all the answers. So I let them help discover their own answers. So they will run reports in a plethora of ways. I mean, they'll look at it in, you know, 10 different ways. And I thought of every time I think, you know, we've came up with a canned report that they like, they come up with something else and they want to know something else about their linear buy or maybe it's their OTT buy and what's working. So we give them the power to do that. And we've learned that through listening. And you make all of that approachable for that final user, because, I mean, you know, if you handed somebody spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets and finding it, it's impossible. Right. But it sounds like you've got a dashboard that really makes it easy for an end user to ask the question and find the answer. Yeah. And it's still very confusing to use the tool. Let's be honest. It's it's attribution. So we, if they say, hey, can you run the reports for us? We offer that service. We'll run the report for them and give them to, to them. A lot of times they ask us for some one on one specialized attention on how to run the reports and, you know, get it to the way they like it. And then they want to run it themselves because they know the report format and then they want to do it themselves. So we offer both. We'll do it for you, do it with you or, you know, any other method you you so desire. OK, that sounds great. Scripts and Octane sounds like a great product, but I have a few more questions. Well, it's more of an and than a but. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I have a few more questions about attribution and, and just understanding this. And, and I think most of our podcast listeners are trying to really wrap their hands around. OK, uh, you know, everybody attribution means something different for everybody. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what are the misconceptions or objections that you encounter when you're discussing attribution with your advertisers and agencies? Great question. All too, all too often, people think, you know, they rely on this data. They think that's the holy grail, and it's not. I caution people that because you still need the other factors to be considered that the experts look at. Maybe, you know, your targeting was too narrow. You over-targeted, or maybe you targeted the wrong zip code, or maybe you delivered the wrong message. So your creative just is not a bad offer is a bad offer. No matter who we put in front of, it's not going to resonate. It's not going to get results. So by all means, they should still listen to their experts, whether it's the agency or one of our AEs or sellers or something. Listen to them and see, because sometimes it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow that your message is bad. It's not resonating. We see other advertisers in the same industry, in the same space, getting results. But their message was more compelling to the advertiser, you know, the, to the actual community at large. And they take action. 
So you're saying it's there's always it's art and science. Uh, like you're saying, if the message isn't right, if the art isn't there, then no matter the measurement, it's still just not going to be OK. We can tell you what channels to use, but you still have to use a message that is going to resonate with the audience at the other end of that. Yeah, very much so. If the message is a bad offer, it's not going to work. Or maybe you targeted incorrectly. Maybe you limited your program schedule. Maybe you are the vein clinic and you chose prime time only. No matter what we deliver, it's not going to get you the best results for your spend. Maybe your spend is better in the morning in Good Morning America or the Today Show. Maybe you're better off putting your money there and you'll get the results that you're looking for and get the positive ROI. So the data, you know, it's only as good as what you put into it. And in this case, if you put in a bad recipe, it's going to come out tasting bad. Makes sense. Um, so I'm familiar with attribution as it pertains to streaming and addressable TV campaigns. And you did mention linear TV a little bit earlier in our conversation. So can you talk a little bit about how attribution is used differently for linear TV as opposed to streaming? Sure, absolutely. Linear is still one to many. And we cannot we cannot possibly go out there and say get data on every single household. So we have to use a sample of households from smart TVs and or set top boxes to project the success. So as an example, Nicole, if you have a smart TV, uh, maybe it's a Vizio brand or a Samsung brand or someone we get data from and we know you are exposed to an ad. And then all of a sudden the next thing we know you showed up at their place of business or you went to their website. That's a sampling. And if we have a 10 percent sampling, we use it to project the whole market. So it's a sampling. So that's where I always tell people, sometimes the samples are bad. You don't have enough in your sample to be accurate. You don't have enough. You don't do enough impressions. So the buy was too small to get a really valid and accurate. In the world of addressable TV and streaming TV, also known as OTT, we have one-to-one. We know we served your house a message. Then we know if your house showed up on the website. We served Mitch's house a a message. We know if they showed up. So it's one-to-one. So it's much more accurate in the streaming and addressable world. Linear, until we get everybody to play nice and share data, it's still just using a sample to project. Do you see a future where that happens? Um, At current time, no. (laughs) There's too many people out there. I don't think all the TV manufacturers and the cable companies with their set-top boxes they all, you know, they all think they have a better secret sauce than the next person over. So, but the good news is the samples are pretty large from each of them, whether you're with Vizio, Samsung, LG, you know, whatever set top box it may be, they all have very large samples. So it gives you a good picture, at least to project from and feel relatively confident. And again, it's just one data point of many data points. Very interesting. And um, so that's the difference between linear and addressable TV streaming. Um, What about local versus national? How does attribution differ on local versus national TV or campaigns? Good question. Local is it works really well if you're in the top 50 DMAs where you have a nice audience, you have a good sample size. It starts breaking down when you start making your sample smaller and you go to that DMA's 51 plus. So that's when you have to start relying heavily or more heavy on other techniques using spot logs versus smart TV data and so on. Can it still work? Absolutely it works. And we we are work building tools and a lot of things coming in the whole verify line. But again, it doesn't work well in small markets, ACR data, spot log works better. So that's one thing. On the national level, 
ACR data and smart TV data is very reliable, very good at projecting. So for your big national brands and your national advertisers, that ACR data, which is the automatic content recognition in those smart TVs is very reliable. Smaller markets, you have to start, you know, you have to start using more data points to, to understand what it's doing for your advertiser. Interesting. And so you're talking about sample size there. And, you know, obviously the smaller the sample size, the more potential issues you could have with what you, so I would guess, and tell me if I'm wrong here, that it's not just about local and national. If you started slicing like 18 to 23 year olds or male 18 to 23 year olds or male 18 to 23 year olds that make over $250,000 a year, like again, at, even at a national level, if you start slicing in such a way that your sample size is getting to be super, super tiny, then again, you, you might run into issues there. Is that fair? Yes, spot on. And that's what happens a lot. You get someone who over targets and they get it really or maybe it's their ideal target, but then it's really hard to measure if your DMA is already down to 200,000 households total. And then you start slicing it down even further by saying, I only want males 18 plus or whatever. And they also interested in video gaming and they have a household income of this. That's the problem we have is so many people want to add because they can do it. They think they should do it. So I want I want an 18 plus and video games and in market for an SUV. And that's like at the end of the day, don't you just want someone in market for an SUV? So helping people understand not to over target and then let us use the data to help them. Very interesting. Um, so you've been with Scripps for 15 years and you've lived and breathed in this space for quite a while. So honestly, I would consider you to be an expert. Tell me what discoveries about campaign attribution have surprised you? in all of your experience? I've always been curious on what gets the result since starting at Scripps. And I'm a student because I am, I'm only as smart as my teachers. I read tons of you know articles out there. I talk to tons of colleagues, tons of experts in different areas. But the thing that you know I learned the most from, I think it surprised me, is just listening to the customers. We had one large national advertiser that helped us really form what Octane and the attribution is. So it was figuring out it's one size does not fit all because they would always come back with a different report request. And it was always this. So that's where we came up with the idea of letting them have access to the dashboard as well as the attribution tool and then let them run their own reports. That advertiser has been with us for probably five to six years now. And I hope they're not going anywhere. And they um, they love the, the way they can run reports, you know, with 30, you know, 3000 plus. It's actually 3600 different combinations. And they do. They run them every different way. So I think that was the biggest thing for me is just listening to the customers and their ideas are awesome. You know, just hearing them. And I, I never turn a customer down when they want a phone call to say, I want to talk to the person behind this. And it's like, well, actually, you're going to be behind it because if you give me an idea, it might come into it might actually come to be and be part of the product. So it sounds to me like what has surprised you the most in all this time is just how thirsty and curious these customers are for all of this knowledge. And and I'm sure that's probably, you know, warms your heart a little bit. You're like, oh, you're you're as passionate as we are. This is great. Let me give you exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. And just listening to them. And, and it's helped us build. So, I mean, we've got a whole new line of products coming, a whole new line of verified products where we're going to have lots of causes, whether it's a spot log schedule from radio. Maybe you trickled out a bunch of, you know, a bunch of postcard mailers and maybe you did because we can't tell the customers what's right and what's wrong. 
They tell us maybe postcards have always worked for them. Great. Don't stop. If it's working, don't stop. But what we're going to do is we're going to integrate that into one of our newer Verify products. And then we're going to overlay the Google Analytics or Google My Business or some things to say, OK, because that's you're not going to be able to see, you know, a cause and effect. And that was a mailer. But maybe you'll see a trend in the Google Analytics, like you saw a big spike on the days you trickled out your postcard. Or maybe you saw more phone calls to your business from Google My Business or more people hunted for your business by name. Those are all things I'm very curious. And we are very fastly, you know, fast building some of these new tools coming out, whether it's Spotlog or ACR or a direct mailer or streaming audio. We can't tell a customer what's right. We just have to tell them what's effective. Gotcha. That's super insightful. Um, what challenges do you think buyers and sellers of TV and video will face as attribution, implementation, execution, and post analysis commands greater respect in the media community? Our biggest challenge is actually building partnerships with these customers, building the trust needed to deliver the best results. Customers don't want to often pull back the kimono to tell us, you know, to give us the data we need to make the best decisions, to help them make the best decisions. So give us access to their website, maybe, or the Google Analytics or Google My Business or you know, helping them with something, making a change on your website, one little thing, because you can see maybe the path that people are taking once they get there. So it's one is trust, giving us access to data and giving us access to, you know, all those different tools they have. And then the next is the patience to wait. Nothing happens quick. Oftentimes they think just because they start the campaign and it's everything's measurable that they'll get quick results. And it's like, no, you need you need to get patience and trust to build that long term relationship to get the best results. And that's where we found our most success in our long term customers. We've had a couple of national customers where we've kept for eight, nine years because of the patience and trust. Tends like, you know, once we we figure it out and say, OK, here's the creative message. You tried a bunch of them. This one's working. You gave us access to all your different tools and information and we can really hone in and start doing this analysis. And that's, you know, that's when we we tend to work best with patience and trust. That makes sense. And, you know, it takes frequency. I mean, you're not going to have results from the first time you run a spot or, you know, or it airs or anything like that or the first mailer that goes out the door. Um, and we've known that. And it, it sounds like your tools are are proving that as well. But same thing with with attribution is that, yeah, patience and trust. I, I like those. Um, so. Let's end on a positive note. So what opportunities are what do you think are the opportunities that attribution offers? to both buyers and sellers as more and both in, uh, as they start to embrace it. It's the old, the opportunity is, it's the old adage that, you know, we're gonna figure out what's working, you know, which medium is working for you. Was it the postcard mailer and, and instead of TV? And we, as a TV group, we may have to walk away from that customer because we're not getting the results they need but where the mailer is. And we just wanna be honest. We wanna be open with them to help them better understand what's working. So maybe we don't get the TV piece of the buy, but we find out the digital piece and the postcard mailers working. So and having access to this kind of data is powerful. So it's just, you know, being very transparent and very open and honest. And that's going to allow buyers and sellers to make smarter decisions, uh, just smarter business decisions about how they spend their money, where they spend their money and with whom. Yes, very much so. So last question and the most important question of all, have you ever met Rudy Flyer in person? And if so, is he as fantastic as he seems? <laughs> yes, 
Yes, he is awesome to see Rudy Flyer. I have my season tickets to the University of Dayton Flyers game, and actually one of my friends was Rudy Flyer. And you don't know who is Rudy Flyer until after they graduate. So they're not so allowed to reveal the who they time, are. You didn't know that it was one of your friends the entire time under that mask? Yes. Did you want to take back some things you said and did to Rudy Flyer, or are you still <laughs> stand by? You're okay. It's all good. I've offered Rudy a couple of beers, so I feel okay. That that sounds super fun. That's a whole other podcast is uh, with your friend and, and his Rudy Flyer days. Um, but Brian, I cannot thank you enough for being here today. I truly enjoyed this conversation and learned a lot. Um, and Mitch, thank you as always for being such a wonderful co-host and letting me do all the speaking. Um, lastly, to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Um, be sure to check out future BIA podcasts where you will where we will continue to bring industry insights and thought leaders such as Brian straight to you. If you have an idea of someone you'd like us to cover or a topic or a person, please let us know. Send us an email at podcast at BIA.com. And everyone, be sure to have a great day. Thank you so much.